Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler fans, and welcome to this Monday edition of Bobcat Radio here on the 24th of April. This is your host, Justin Brown, and I'm joined by my wonderful producer, Kobe Jackson, and my cunning co-host, J.P. Flanagan. And we got a jam-packed show for you today, but before we get to any of that, let's start to J.P. for a word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio, located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos. Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks, eats, drinks, and scenic views. Thank you, JP. We're just going to get started right into it with baseball. Baseball right now, they just went away to face Troy, and they took two losses in their first two games, Friday and Saturday. But Sunday, they came away with a win, preventing a sweep. There's a lot to say about this series, but let's just talk about that final game Sunday. The Bobcats got a 9-5 to win, and they got it in the bottom of the ninth with only one strike left. And that game was almost over, but we saw careless errors from Troy. We saw a hit by pitch, and we just saw some great performance by some timely hitting. What is it? What does it mean for this Bobcat team to play like that in the bottom of the ninth inning? Especially after, if you look at these first two games, that second game Saturday, they lost five to twenty-two. I mean, that is a huge loss Saturday, but to bounce back like that Sunday, Kobe, what do you think that means for a baseball team to perform like that? Well, obviously, losing twenty-five to uh, twenty-two to five obviously will leave a big big chunk of your heart leaving on leaving on the on the field but I mean if you just look at just the final game alone I mean just those fundamental errors that the Troy Trojans had in the final game I mean that's just unheard of having a hit by first of all it started off with a with a single by Jose Gonzalez that tied the game originally and then uh and then obviously a hit by pitch by Ramirez and then obviously a, a wild pitch as well and then obviously a Galloway single that scored the final run for this Bobcat uh, win so I mean obviously just a lot of fundamental errors but just going off of just the whole game itself Troy was really really swinging the bat obviously uh Wibbs had a single Myers had a home run and then uh I'm trying to think who else Cobb had a home run and then Partellero had a homer as well so the ball was flying out the yard for this Troy Children's team but I mean obviously the Bobcats just made uh, the Troy Children's just made final final a little bit of errors in the final stretch of the ball game so I mean it's a good win but at the same time you got you know, you still lost a series two out of or one out of the three. So, I mean, that's kind of a tough series, but obviously they'll probably bounce back after this win that they had yesterday. Yeah, I mean, this is a series you wanted to see Texas State kind of, you know, grab a hold of and take advantage because, you know, Troy was a, a team that kind of has a similar record to Texas State, both out of conference and in conference specifically. And these are wins you really want in conference to, you know, kind of bolster your, your standings. I know we were probably, or Texas State was probably sitting in fifth or sixth before that, and now I'm not sure where they're located. But yeah, I mean, you'd like to see, you know, improve against teams like that I mean uh, the good thing is getting to play an old Dominion team that is kind of in the same boat as Troy and Texas State um, barely teetering over 500 in the Sun Belt so you'd like to see them capitalize on these you know games coming up but I mean that first game was pretty impressive I mean getting to see Levi Wells take advantage and start the game off four to zero but then I mean Texas State getting outscored um, what was it 10 to four four. Mm -hmm. for the rest of the game so I mean Levi Wells has proven that you know he can be the guy I mean we just got to find some more balance out there um, from this Texas State Bobcats team you know, I, I love everything y'all say about this team. And they're playing against Troy, 
And after Troy got this series win, now there's a four-way tie for third place in the Sun Belt standings in baseball. Right now, the Sun Belt standings look a little bit like this. Coastal Carolina is first place. Southern Miss is second. That four-way tie is between Troy, Old Dominion, Louisiana, and Texas State. Now, Texas State, they're taking this series loss, and they're coming back home, and they will be playing their next game. That will be Tuesday at 6 p.m. in the Bobcat Ballpark, where they'll be facing against the Prairie View A&M team. And then upcoming week, this upcoming weekend, they're going to be playing against Old Dominion, a team that they're tied for third place with. And guys, I just want to hear your thoughts on, you know, what are they going to have to do this weekend? They're playing against a non-conference team. These non-conference games are really good to put some new people in the rotation that haven't been there before. You know, why does these non-conference games really matter and how are they useful before playing against a Sunbelt opponent? I mean, it's really, it, it honestly, it's a really good like tune up for the Sunbelt Conference Series weekend because obviously they've played, the Bobcats have played teams like UTSA, like uh, TCU, who we saw earlier on in the year. So I think at the same time it's kind of a warm-up for the weekend series we clearly saw that when um when they played U- the utsa roadrunners in set down in san antonio and then obviously got ready for this ball uh, for this ball game as well so i mean honestly it's i think it's a tune-up but at the same time you're probably going to see a lot of players that you normally just don't see throughout the season especially on the bullpen side because we've seen we've had we've seen mostly like guys like tristan dixon and and cameron bush sometimes on the mound so obviously i think that's what coach trout is thinking but at the same time he doesn't want this to be a gimme either so obviously just be you just got to stay consistent and you know get the balls on the bat and obviously have a nice good pitching rotation you should be you know squared away yeah absolutely i mean i think this is i mean you mentioned it we'll get to see you know more of coach trout's kind of bullpen in this one i mean this is a team that texas state has only lost to once ever um leading the series 41 to 1 so i i really think that you know they walk into this weekend not not knowing or not thinking that they're going to win this completely but you know going in there with some confidence and you have to go into every game with some confidence because this is the game of baseball and really if you're swinging the bat with no confidence you're not going to have any any runs out there so yeah I think this is definitely a tune-up uh, for a big old Dominion series because if you drop you know over more than two games that old Dominion series I see this Texas State team possibly falling out of the field of 64 and I know ever since last year this the community is really wanting this Texas State team to make it back and you know um, avenge themselves from that Stanford loss last year. Yes, so they have some tough opponents up ahead of them. You know, they need to win these games. It's crucial for the end of the season, and we'd like to see this Bobcat baseball team do that. If you want to go support the Bobcat baseball team, go out and support them Tuesday at the Bobcat ballpark. But this weekend, they're going to be away to, in Norfolk, Virginia, to face Old Dominion. But let's talk about another team, a team that was not swept or even close to being swept, but did the sweeping themselves with the brooms, and that's the Texas State softball team. Friday, they get a huge win over ULM, and they outscored ULM 11-4 to over the entire weekend. There was supposed to be games Sunday, but due to bad weather, they had a doubleheader Saturday, but the Bobcats didn't fret. They win both games in that doubleheader, and it was just a dominant performance overall this weekend. The Bobcats, before that weekend, they just faced a tough sweep, I believe. I think they were... Um, let me just check Louisiana. I think. Yeah, they yeah, were swept Louisiana. by Louisiana. So this was a really good bounce back sweep for the Bobcats. What are your thoughts on their performance over this weekend? I know, Kobe, you were on the call Saturday. Tell me a little bit about it. I mean, just going off of me calling Saturday's game. I mean, first of all, an outstanding performance by I by first. Of all, I just got to give a shout out to uh, Tori McCann, who pitched the lights out in that ball game, only giving up really one run. And that was the solo home run by the ULM uh, Warhawks. So, I mean, other than that run, she did outstanding job and then obviously um i believe carson pierce came in to uh relieve tory mccann in that ball game and you know tor- and she did outstanding so obviously the bobcats had a lot of 
run production going. But like a, you know, like I talked about, this Spotcat team's not really a big home run hitting team. I know we talked about Sarah Vanford and her leading the team in home runs, but honestly, it's really honestly all about the run production that this Bobcat team has. And honestly, that's honestly the recipe for success if you are in or if you're in any team, whether if it's baseball or softball, home runs are great, but obviously the run production is more uh, to me is more important than anything. So, but I mean, they did an outstanding job Saturday's game and then Friday's game. I was I was there just as a fan. They did absolutely outstanding and then obviously Sunday which I was able to catch on ESPN Plus. They did an amazing job with uh, mowing down this Warhawk team. I mean, this couldn't have come at a better time. I mean, y'all mentioned that Louisiana sweep, and it, it really left a bitter taste in, I think, everyone's mouth. I mean, this was a team that cu- didn't start off the great at that great this season, but, you know, had some high admirations of going far. Um, and I think it couldn't have come at a better time because this is a Baylor team coming up that um, just uh, had a series against Oklahoma, the number one team in the country, and got absolutely swept. So this is a team that they're playing or coming up next that, you know, uh, was ranked at one point and has played some quality opponents and just got swept to their, uh, their own. And then this is a Texas State team that, you know, just took advantage of their game and took a 3-0 series lead. So yeah. good to see that. Yeah, you make a great point because, you know, Baylor is, you know, one of those, one of those teams where you just got to really look out for. And, you know, this is the second time the Bobcats are playing them this time, but this time Baylor's not ranked. So obviously this is going to be a test for this Bobcat team and, you know, we'll kind of see what happens. I mean, the momentum is in the Bobcats' favor right now, you know, outscoring ULM and having a good series sweep. So let's see if they can carry that momentum to Waco, where they'll be facing Baylor at 6.30 p.m. this Wednesday. But, hey, don't touch that dial. Stick around for a while. We got more Bobcat radio after this break. You're listening to KTSW 89.9. Welcome back to Bobcat radio here on this wonderful Monday morning. It's a little chilly outside, but we're going to keep it here hot with all the Texas State and San Marcos sports, but we got to talk about Texas State football. I know their season is not underway right now, but they did have a spring football game, and we got to see a lot from it. We saw some great performances by, you know, our new the new quarterback, Malik Hornsby. He did pretty good. He had a 37-yard pass to get a touchdown of his own, and he had through over 100 yards in that spring game. I know, JP, you were there. You were able to see that game. You know, what did you get to see from these players? I know there wasn't a scoreboard running, but did you see some some good offensive output? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the highlight of G.J. Kenny coming to Texas State was really just, you know, what he brings offensively and the pace of play that they play with. And I think you could obviously see that when when be at that game. I mean, they, they like to run the ball. I mean, they got to use all five running backs, and then they like to take their deep shots. And the team is just stacked with wide receivers this year. Um, getting the return of Ashton Hawkins and then the addition of Cole Wilson and Drew Donnelly. Um, Cole Wilson was an All-American last year at UIW, and, and the guy just can play. I mean, he, he can go up there and catch anything, and he's also a deep ball threat as well. I mean, you just love to see you love, love what you're seeing from this offense right now it's it's exciting it's a great brand of football and I think we have a lot to look forward to you know coming up this season and we actually got to speak with um Joshua Eat uh, yeah Eaton at the press conference after the game and I know um I know Malik had said he was the fastest and, and Josh was saying please not to tell Malik but he thinks that Drew Donnelly the transfer from ooh, from Cincinnati is the, the fastest uh, person on the team so I mean it was a great game all, all in all I think that there's much improved from last year and especially the defense I mean Ben Bell had I think four sacks on Malik specifically so he did. I mean that'll be that'll be something to watch going into the season because defense last year was a strong suit and I think offense was struggling so it'll be cool to see now that you know the defense is you know where it still is and then the offense you know finally having some production on that end. 
Yes, I mean, we see some great, I won't just talk about the meat and potatoes here and the exact numbers. I mean, you said a lot already, but, you know, just got to give some shout outs to a few players like Ty Evans, the redshirt sophomore. He's six foot four. He's been on the bench while, you know, we saw Lane Hatcher throwing the ball last year. But Ty Evans, he piloted a touchdown of his own. He threw a 34 yard pass to his meal Mahdi, and that was just a really, it was only one yard out. But, I mean, just, we saw some great performances. You talk about Calvin Hill, he's great on this team as well. I didn't get to see any Lincoln Perry in this. I, I, don't, I don't know if he's battling an injury from last season or anything like that, but did not see his numbers in this spring game. But, I mean, looking at this football team, and we, we talked about them before, and I just want to look at their schedule right now for anyone that's unaware. Their first game will be against Baylor, and that is going to be a away game, and that will be in Waco. That's Saturday, September 2nd. You might want to mark your calendars now or take off work a you know, a few months early, and then they're going to follow that up with UTSA. I mean, it's it's looking a little... I-35 rivalry right that there. That is an I-35 rivalry, one that me and Kobe might go attend. And I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, if you've ever been in the Alamo Dome, it is something electric. The fans are loud and proud, and that is a huge rivalry. So if you have nothing to do on September 9th, next, I mean, this upcoming, you know, fall, you might want to put it down in your calendar and stick out to it. But the first home game will be September 16th. That's a Saturday against Jackson State. Old Dion's old school. Deion yeah. Sanders. Oh, yeah, yeah Deion Sanders. Yep. <laughs> gotta love that, man. But, I mean, yeah, so this Texas State football team, it's exciting. We got a new coach. We got some new quarterbacks, and the momentum is in Texas State's favor. Let's just see how they do when the regular season starts. Yeah, I mean, I talked about Malik Hornsby, but I, I can't say enough about C.J. Rogers. I, he's a transfer from Baylor. I think he's a redshirt freshman or a redshirt sophomore. I mean, the guy can definitely throw the ball. I mean, if not if not Malik, I, I, I trust our backup now. I mean, C.J. Rogers can, is a dude. And I, I'm not, honestly, one of the highlights for me this weekend was the running back room. Although it didn't have, you know, an insane amount of production, I feel confident any five of those guys. I mean, Lee and Perry, uh, Calvin Hill, Jamel Jeter, and Ishmael Mahdi. I mean, and Denario Davenport, another transfer from another small school in state. I mean, it was awesome to see that, you know, a team, you know, really put some offense together and, you know, not show a finished product, but show a product that, you know, this school can be proud of. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I'm just not, I'm really excited for this Bobcat football team. You know, it's been uh, if you don't know, if you've been on a rock, people like to make jokes about the Bobcat football team every year. <laughs> you know, they say that we don't have a good team, but I feel like we have a new coach that just led a UIW team all the way to a great championship. And we got some new players, a great transfer from Baylor. So I feel like momentum is definitely in Texas State's favor. But let's talk about a team that's they're at the end of their regular season. They're about to head to the Sunbelt Conference Championship. And I just want to do a quick mention on them the texas state men's golf team is heading to anadel golf club in madison mississippi today and they'll be playing and it's live right now on espn plus if you want to go tune into it for the next three days they'll be facing off against all sunbelt teams in the sunbelt conference championship it's just some info about this team right now last year in 2022 this conference championship texas state finished seventh with evan white was the individual championship now texas state only has one returning player from that team last year everyone else already graduated and that's Casper Nyland. He's currently ranked 17th in individual standings right now, and he's looking to make an impact in this Sunbelt Conference tournament, and I mean, this championship. So right now, the Bobcats, I mean, they're currently... You know, on par, their seven, their par is seventy-two. They have seven thousand one hundred ninety yards. Oh, that's the Anadel Golf Club. My apologies, guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, there's fourteen different teams competing in this: App State, Arkansas State, Coastal Carolina, Georgia Southern. Uh, the Texas State lineup right now has Casper Nyland, Saki Sataya, Jack Burke, Marcelo Garza, uh, Garza Harrison Heinlein, and Tom 
Tom wrote Carlson. So, you know, it's it's really fun. If you guys like golf, definitely tune into that on ESPN+. Plus. I know the women's team just is, you know, facing off in the Sunbelt Conference Championship as well. And just last week, they were second place right now in the Sunbelt. So it's just been really, you know, a fun time of the year for all teams. You know, track is going to play in, a, in an Austin, I mean, an invitational this upcoming weekend on the 28th and 29th. Just giving some shout out to some other Bobcat sports but let's zoom out of Hayes County because we got a lot of national sports to talk about. It was a wild and a really fun weekend for NBA first round. And I know you guys have thoughts on it. Some things that have happened this weekend in the NBA first round, I'll just give some spit some facts for you. The Lakers, even the series against the Memphis against Memphis in game three. Mm. That's that's something I, I don't feel. I don't feel good about that. I like Memphis, not the Lakers. Just letting you know, Anthony Edwards, he <laughs> scores 34 points and sealed an overtime win to force a game five. I mean, he was looking like MJ out there with his mid range turnarounds. Nets, they sweep. I mean, they get swept by the Sixers and the Warriors. I mean, they tie the series up and the Knicks now are up 3-1. I think New York might burn down. The fans are so wild after every win. I just said any bodega workers out there, any pizza shop workers, I just, you know, send in my prayers for you because after those games, I bet that city is wild. But I just want to hear your thoughts on these series. First off, I'm just going to start off with the Lakers and the Grizz, you know, is LeBron going to have a really important game five? What is he going to do? I mean, this, this is usually where we let, you know, Thomas or Orlando talk. So I'm going to have to do it for them today. I mean, it, there's so many games to talk about, but I guess we'll start with this Lakers one. I mean, I I mean, I was a Memphis supporter on this one. I thought, you know, easy walk in the park, but it's obviously not. And I honestly think at this point it might be the Lakers series. I mean, they're playing better than the Memphis Grizzlies are right now. And and then with Jaw kind of being teetering that injury, it just seems kind of like no one else is performing at that at this moment. I mean, he just had an absolutely great game, though, nearly a 45 point triple double and most most of it coming in that fourth quarter I mean he just didn't lose any fight but I mean this this LA team is just playing you know their best right now you know they, they have a deep roster and it's awesome to see LeBron you know kind of play his best right now and I mean not being a Lakers hater or anything but I mean I think this team could could this I mean, this is probably their last round they're gonna you know advance in and Kobe before I hear your thoughts on it, I just want to make a correction I said they even the series no the Lakers taking the lead in the yeah, series two now. they lead 2-1 <laughs> now and uh, just Kobe what are your thoughts I mean <sighs> I, this is the part that I'm supposed to say, oh, our Lakers are going to choke. No, I'm not going to do that because if you know, if you have followed LeBron James's career, that man has almost as, 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 a, as much playoff wins as he's had in his career. You can't honestly hate the man for it. I mean, where'd he go to like, what, eight straight finals in, what, in, in his whole career? I mean, first of all, that's insanity, number one. But number two, I mean, LeBron James, unbelievable talent. I mean, still doing this at 38 years old, almost almost 40, which is insane. So, I mean, what more can you say about LeBron James? But as far as this Lakers team, I think they will probably handle this series easily because, like I said, or like I talked about uh, early on in the week, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, they're young. I mean, they're young still, but at the same time, they can kind of be a little bit um, – Oh, what's the term I'm looking for? It's like I'm thinking cocky. I think they're very cocky. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's starting to become that cuz obviously the drama with with Dylan Brooks and LeBron James and you know Dylan Brooks has been kind of all over the place running his mouth about everything. So, I mean, I think that's where 
I think the Lakers will have the advantage because obviously LeBron James, Anthony Davis finally being healthy and finally making a big impact on this Lakers team. So obviously that's a that's honestly really what the big big conversation was. If Anthony Davis was going to be healthy and you know stay healthy, then obviously the Lakers would have better advantages of possibly winning the series. You know, what I think about this series and with the Lakers in general is if you ever watch the Lakers regular season, I mean, talk about drama. They really can't stay consistent. I know they have the pieces. I know we have LeBron James. I know you said he made it to eight straight finals, but imagine making it to six of them and winning six of them. I think that's MJ for any of (laughs) y'all wanting to, you know, know about the GOAT debate because, you know, MJ is the true GOAT. Um, There's got to be there. We have to have one show where we have that. Debate. No, we will. I promise. We <laughs> I feel will. Like we're all going to be interrupting each other, and it's going to be a mess. We're going to yell at each other. I'm going to pack the entire studio. Might be the last week of class. Maybe we'll. Well, maybe we'll talk we'll about th- that. We'll think about it. Maybe we'll think about it. One thing I have to say though is John Morant scoring 45 points, not able to get a win, and that's a huge game through return. A return from when he broke. It looked like he broke his hand completely mm-hmm. but i'm so glad to see he's healthy and coming back now the reason i mentioned he's scoring 45 points he's scoring 45 points not able to get a win against lebron james and anthony davis understandable but a team right now that was expected to get a sweep that's the denver nuggets they're led by Nikola Jokic, who is always considered an mvp candidate and let me tell you his numbers from that night he had 43 points 11 rebounds and six assists and he also had five other four other players with him in double digit figures but the Timberwolves still somehow surpassed and got a win I mean at home I know I want to hear your thoughts on this was it just one game is it just Anthony Edwards one game that he's going to ball out and then they're going to get you know destroyed next game what are your thoughts I know if you look at this game Anthony Edwards he had 34.6 rebounds five assists and he was joined by four other players in double figures with Kyle Anderson with 11 Mike Conley with 19 of his own Rudy Gobert only scoring 14 I I don't know what Rudy Gobert I don't know why he's not offensive enough Carl Anthony Towns he has 17 <laughs> points um you know I feel like Carl Anthony Towns could definitely take care of that mismatch with Nikola Jokic because he has the size advantage he's just really not using it now one thing I I got to say is the Nets were swept by the Sixers. Yes. Now they're going to be facing the winner between, I think, Atlanta and the Celtics, right? Yeah. And they just got swept, didn't they? Did the Hawks get swept? The Hawks got no. 3-1. They're 3-1 right now. Boston. See, that's that's the surprise, right? Because the Nets were the only ones to get swept. Now, the Hawks, do you think the Hawks are just like the Timberwolves? They're going to get this one game and they're going to get swept. I, I mean, get... most likely. I mean, this is a Hawks team that I, I think just kind of is out of it at this point. I mean, this is a Celtics team that is, you know, championship ready and with the two best players or two of the top five best players in the in the country right now. I mean, with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I mean, it, they're playing great right now. I mean, they're both, I think, scored 29 in the last game. And when you can have your two best players playing their best, you're going to have a good time. And especially with that drama going on with DeJounte right now, unknowing if he's going to get, you know, some sort of penalty for something that happened with the ref last game. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is probably the strongest team right now, um, at least with, like, their record being at, like, 3-1. So I think... I mean, I guess the Sixers did sweep the Nets, but that's a Nets team, so I can't really count them yet because they hardly hardly beat the, the Net, that Nets team. So I think the Celtics are probably the strongest ones right now, but you, as you mentioned, they have to play the 76ers next, so that'll be quite kind of interesting to watch because if they can beat that Sixers team, who's going to stop the Celtics going forward? Yeah, true, and honestly, I'm not surprised that the Sixers swept the Brooklyn Nets because obviously with all the drama that was going on with you know Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant being traded to their respective teams this season. So obviously that was, honestly, that whole organization was just a mess during that time but you know fortunate enough made it to the playoffs even without Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant so honestly you can't really be mad at that but at the same time you kind of be a little bit disappointed that you did get swept but I mean just 
just as this, but as far as the 76ers team goes, I mean, you got to give credit to where credit is due. And Tyrese Maxey is one of those players that has made a great impact for the 76ers team. And obviously the big man in Joel Embiid as well. So, I mean, the Sixers have a really, really good team. And I know Doc Rivers has been in the league for a long time. He has been in the playoffs, has had playoff experience, has had a finals experience, especially winning that 2008 Boston Celtics championship. So obviously that's going to be really key for Doc Rivers. But obviously Boston also has had a lot about a lot of drama in their season as well you know with the whole stuff with uh with head coach Udoka so obviously that's gonna kind of be I guess you could say a little bit of an issue but I think Boston's forgetting about that and they're just playing their brand of basketball yeah I mean they picked up a good coach I mean Missoula being his first year kind of and I think he had coached uh or he had coached like a d3 or d2 school and uh Brad Stevens had asked him to leave that school, but he had made a promise to this player that he would stay there his whole career, and he kept that promise. And then, uh, luckily, the job came up as assistant coach last year, or maybe it was just the head coach job this year. And then Brad Stevens brought him in. So, I mean, great story. I mean, this Missoula guy has really, you know, grown on me, and I think he can lead this team to a championship. You know, I just got to say something about them Sixers, okay? Because (laughs) here's the thing. Joel Embiid, love you. You're doing great. You're you're an MVP candidate this year. I don't know if I love him like that, but, you know, he's an MVP candidate, you know, and he's playing really good. But if you know anything about him in the offseason and if you know about anything about his favorite foods, his favorite food is McDonald's cheeseburgers. No, I'm not even kidding. It's word for word. It's his words. And that was his first. He said he talks about his first time he came to New York and he fell in love with the McDonald's cheeseburger. Now, he has the rest. He's resting right now. Yeah. But he can't be eating them cheeseburgers because I'm telling you, he's gripping his right knee all the time. I don't know if he has that thing on ice right now, but Joel, if you're listening to me right now, you need to put some icy hot on it. Maybe get Shaq to give you a few patches for free. I know you guys are big men. You know, y'all have ran, ran the league. So, you know, but he needs the rest. He needs to get his rest. And I hope that they can do something. But James Harden, I mean, this is I don't know what y'all are talking. I know we talk about Joel Embiid, but James Harden, like this is his legacy right now on yeah, the line. He absolutely. cannot go to the playoffs another time and not perform. I'm a Rockets fan. I've seen him get all the way there. I've seen him brick, make enough bricks to build probably a new hospital hospital in Houston. I mean, this guy, he is going at it and his legacy is on the line. Is James Harden going to choke? Is he going to perform? Is this his last year in the playoffs? I want to hear your thoughts. I mean, this guy's getting pretty aged. I know he's not like LeBron. He's not going to be able to score 40 points at the age of 40, but... I mean, Kobe mentioned it. Tyrese Maxey kind of alleviates that pressure from James Harden right. now. I mean, he he, 22 years old and, you know, a major contributor on a team that wants to go to a championship. So, I mean, yeah, I think it definitely could uh, influence his legacy. I mean, the guy is, was ball dominant most of his career, especially mm-hmm. in Houston. Um, so, yeah, it'd be impressive to see him, you know, go farther than he has before. I mean, be it it was the West during conference during like the highlight of, you know, the Thunder, the Spurs, the Warriors specifically. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is a team that could go far. I mean, and it's not all the pressure in the world on James Harden anymore. I mean, Tyrese Maxey can be that ball forward, and, and especially Joel Embiid. He's a guy who likes to b- have the ball in his hand too, and he, he, he can do some things as well. So I'm kind of curious, though, since, I mean, jo- no, Jokic had a 43-point game the other night, but is he still MVP, or is Joel Embiid sweeping the, the Nets make him MVP already? Like, I love that question. You know, and that is tr- a good question. Truth is, if you look at the voting, though, you know, Jokic had like one vote out mm-hmm. of everyone. So, Joel is going to be that MVP. But 
I don't think that sweep is all Joel's doing. Now, the performance on the Nuggets side, that is all Nikola Jokic is doing. He was in the first of the— this Nuggets team was first in the West because of Jokic. Jamal Murray, I mean, he came back from the injury this season, and he's done great, of course, and they have some great key players as well, like Aaron Gordon. But, you know— who is who who would you pick over your MVP? Say the voting is not involved at all right now. I want to hear your own personal MVP this season. I know we only have a few minutes left, so it's a it's really a easy topic. I mean your personal MVP, your favorite player to watch ooh. this year, your most valuable player in your opinion. For me, no hot takes. You <laughs> just go. You got to it. me, if we're talking about just a player that played outstanding this season, for me, it's Luka Doncic. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. Not you know, just I mean, I'm not trying to you know favor Paxton in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> but I mean, he he was just balls out this season. I mean, I know we talked about him and talked about how he's only the, he's been the one man show on this Dallas Maverick team. But to me, he's been outstanding this season. Honestly, I was I mean, I was kind of surprised that he wasn't involved in the MVP race. But you know, like I said, I'm not. The voters, I'm not the people that make the rules. So, but for me, it's it's been Luca. Yeah, I mean, team success has definitely played a factor nowadays. I mean, especially since back, with, I think the Westbrook MVPs was probably the lowest we've seen in MVP. I think they finished sixth in the West that year. So yeah, I mean, I think it's Jokic. I think he's done more for his team and he's had more team success. And you know, he's just a, a greater impact. But I get the argument. I mean, if you give a guy three MVPs in a row, you kind of have to put him in some different kind of conversation. I think it was Kendrick Perkins who said this. Is he a goat? Is he even worth three MVPs? Um, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, but I think he earned it this year. So you can't really take away the other two. That's your fault for giving it to him the other two years. But I think he definitely earned it this year. My personal MVP, and I'm not flight reacts, but it's Steph Curry. So <laughs> inspirational out there. Just I'm look not at, mad at that. Look at Curry, man. I mean, this guy... If you're watching NBA, NBA is supposed to be entertaining, and if you watch that guy on any given night, he's shooting it from half court. He's dropping 40 points on people's head. He's the all-time three-point leader, and that will probably stay that way for a really long time. He's my personal MVP, and he's battling against the Sacramento Kings, who are currently tied 2-2, but we're out of time here. We'd love to talk about the Kings, but maybe you should tune in Wednesday. But I'm going to throw it to Kobe here, and he's going to give you a little bit of that weather. Kobe, it's looking a little cloudy and cold today. Yeah, and it's actually supposed to stay cloudy for the remainder today it's a hot it was a low of 52 this morning supposed to get a high of 68 so not bad and then tomorrow's forecast tuesday is going to be a high of 73 with the low of 56 also 70 percent chance of thunderstorms tomorrow so obviously bring a rain jacket and bring an umbrella tomorrow just in case but i mean we're in the final stretch of the semester guys exactly kobe and that's just what i wanted to say before we get out of here you know this is the final stretch of the semester and it can be a very stressful time for students so we tell y'all just make sure you take the time to relax and if relaxing is listen to bobcat radio then you can do that Wednesday. Make sure and follow us on KTSW Sports on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to stay up to date with all Texas State and San Marcos-related sports news. For Kobe Jackson and J.P. Flanagan, this was Justin Brown. Thank you for listening to this Bobcat Radio, this edition of Bobcat Radio. We hope you tune in again Wednesday and have a great rest of your week. For now, let's get you back to the other side of radio.